Julian Pensavale. Patrick Hines. Ooh. <laughs> Not this week. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, girl. Hey, girl. Um, you guys, because we are recording our full, uh, our second full bonus episode for Patreon today, truth or dare, we, for this recording sesh, how are dealing with a lot of 90s, uh-huh. a lot of gays, yeah. and a whole lot of AIDS. Yeah. <laughs> it's just what's, it's just what the world was like at that time. And so here we are. Um, before we get to the episode, let's tell people really quickly about our Patreon. Okay. Now, if you haven't signed up for our Patreon yet, there's a wealth of like mini episodes and bon- full bonus episodes for you to go get right now. Yeah. Just, just saying. For five measly dollars. Five measly weasley dollars a month. Five clams, five smackers, <laughs> whatever you want to call them. You can find the link um, easily. Go to patreon.com slash Obsessed. Go to our website and click the link. Girl, what are we talking about today? How to survive a plague. Guys, I want to take a quick second and talk about why this falls under the category of true crime. Sure. So you guys, it can't always be murders and kidnappings and like school shootings. Mm-hmm. I do think that the the umbrella of true crime can extend to a community of people who were completely like marginalized and left to suffer and die without the assistance or help or even like sympathy of the government. A lot of people involved in this would absolutely say it's murder. It's absolutely of millions murder. Millions of people. They actually accuse like some of these activists in this documentary accuse various members of the government and various like uh, heads of pharmaceutical companies as being their murderers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you guys, this to their faces, which yeah. is amazing. <laughs> Plus, it's like super gay, and it's the history of my people. So welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. Actually, <laughs> I'm just here to be an ally. I'm just here for support and being a loud mouth on your behalf. Forty million infected people is a plague. AIDS is now the leading cause of death. Demonstrators blocked access to buildings. Coalition of gay groups came to shut down the FDA. This government has the resources to deal with the AIDS epidemic, and they won't do it unless we force them. We want everybody to join us. We are trying to arouse to anger and action. Until we get our acts together, we are as good as dead. I started to look for treatments to help save our life. I wish they'd shut their mouths and get their mentality out of their crotches. There was nothing coming out of our government's efforts. But no, they march in the streets. They defy you. I decided to become a full-time AIDS activist. They all had to become scientists to some degree. We can take a drug, your test tube, to the market in under two years. This total reluctance on your part is going to get you nowhere. It'll end up killing us. The death rate just kept on climbing. It became very clear that you weren't going to mess with these people. I am going to fight them. My patients are going to fight them. And you got them We need our government to save our lives. This isn't going to be cured for years and years and years. I'm going to die from this. Someday, there will be a people alive on this earth 
who will hear the story that once there was a terrible disease and that a brave group of people stood up and fought and in some cases died so that others might live and be free. So the, the movie sort of opens with these, like, horrific videos of these AIDS patients. Again, this is another one of those documentaries where there's, like, just hours and hours and hours of home footage. And you see the lesions, and you see the they're, they're so skinny they can't, yeah. they can't get out of bed. So what's happening, what we're seeing is that, like, this disease, which we now know as AIDS, is taking over. We are in the middle of an incredible epidemic. The epidemic is of AIDS acquired immunodeficiency disease. This disease is currently increasing at the rate of approximately doubling every nine months. The titles on the screen comes up and it says Greenwich Village, NYC, the epicenter. So it was largely known that New York City was the epicenter of the of the AIDS crisis. Mm-hmm. And this isn't explicitly explained in the documentary, but but they were getting no help from anybody. The government wasn't helping them. The pharmaceutical companies didn't care. There was no treatment. AIDS was 100% a deadly disease, if you got it, at this time. So in response to, to the inaction of the government and the pharmaceutical companies, this group sort of founded itself, and it was called ACT UP. And it was this like revolutionary group of men, so many lesbians, too. Mm. Lesbians who did not have the virus, right. who were not dying, who just selflessly gave their time mm-hmm. and... And their strength and their hope to this community of men who were dying. Um, and and ACT UP was just an organization that was built out of the desperation of these people for any action to be taken in the hopes that th- there could be some sort of medical breakthrough or political breakthrough that would lead to a medical breakthrough to save their lives. We are the AIDS Coalition to Unleash Power. A diverse, nonpartisan group of individuals united in anger and committed to direct action to end the AIDS crisis. Less than 12 hours from now, we are going to be taking over City Hall. So what we see right away is the night before this big protest at City Hall where the members of ACT UP are are being sort of like coached as to how to handle this protest they're about to do. So they do have these attorneys and they have people helping them because they are just passionate people who have a voice and they want to use it. So there are these people who will come out and help them. Sometimes they're gay. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're infected with the virus. Sometimes they're not. So this gay rights attorney, David Barr, is just like, ladies, here's what we're going to do. Please, anybody who's who's thinking about being arrested, fill out a support sheet. Make sure that your support person knows who you are and what group you're in. If you go, like, you can request this homo tank or queer tank. Um, If we end up in the tombs, is there a like a queer tank there and would you recommend that we ask to be there there is a homo tank and i've been there and it's better than the straight tank let me tell you and he's like i've been in both let me tell you (laughs) the homo tank is where to go and i'm just like it feels like 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 stefan on snl where it's like new york's hottest club is the homo tank (laughs) what if there was a marco the homo tank i would be there with you every night So the next thing we see is the actual protest at City Hall. Mm -hmm. Okay, which way do we face, girlfriends? This way or that way? Healthcare is right! Healthcare is right! Healthcare is right! Healthcare is right! 
just shows you right from the beginning this is a very contentious situation. Like, it's not, they're not just walking in and be like, hey guys, like, no, they have something to say. This is really fucking important. Yeah. And they're going to be listened to or dragged away. If you want to see some drama, you have to see these, these gay men being dragged away from the protest. They are, it is the most dramatic showing of being loaded into a paddy wagon you can imagine. Right. still talking like out of the paddy wagon like to anyone who will listen and I love it I I love that they're just like yeah no I'm in this car but I'm still screaming at the top of my lungs because you all need to listen what is the problem I know like why is this weird they will not they will not be shut up they will not we don't know what's where they're taking us we're here because this government has the resources to deal with the AIDS epidemic and they won't do it unless we force them we also have to talk about the kissing (laughs) right so so Active is staging this like series of protests. We need to get an approval on this. What's happening is that the kissing is happening at St. Vincent's Hospital. St. Vincent's was in the village, and it was the major hospital where AIDS patients were being treated. And there had been an incident. Or not. Right, right. <laughs> so they, there had been an incident where security guards had, like, beaten and turned away a bunch of, like, AIDS patients. <laughs> I'm going to break this. Yeah, I know, um, I know. We will not leave until an administrator meets with us and tells us that St. Vincent's is willing to make a public statement condemning gay lesbian violence. So what they decide to do is to go stage a kiss in at St. Vincent's and not leave until one of the administrators agrees to meet with them. Right. And it's all these like spunky, beautiful people (laughs) just making out all over each other in the waiting room of St. Vincent's Hospital. They're coming. You see them right there. You've heard about ACTA. You've seen our flyers. The kiss in happens tonight. ACTA! Fight back! Make love! ACTA! really like <laughs> stuffy security guards like don't know how to do with them because they don't even want to like look at them or they'll catch right, it right or like catch being gay or catch anything they like kind of but they also can't look away and right. like half of them are probably super into it and it's like a very there's a lot a, just a lot happening the thing about St. Vincent's is that the waiting room is super tiny yeah. so like there's only like eight seats and it starts with this like one queen it starts with like all the seats being filled all like 12 seats and this one queen is walking down the road just pecking everybody right and then these two like super hot gay guys decide they're just gonna go for it are those the two who look at the camera who like know they're being filmed and then they really go into it more and I'm like yes do it and then my favorite is that it cuts to this lesbian who's just like letting this security guard have it two gay women were beaten up and one her lover came to respond you know the story and another story was when two gay guys came here one was sick with AIDS the security guard told him to get the fuck out of here and call the faggot I think if you're going to work, especially in Greenwich Village, you should have some sensitivity training because we're not going to have it. And she's like, we are not going to stand for it. Right. And as these like leather clad (laughs) men are making out behind her and he's like, do I pay attention to the lesbian who's yelling at me? (laughs) Do I look at the thing that I can't look away from that I'm also probably a little interested in? And he's like his eyesight because he's like looking past her but trying to pay attention. And he's like, what is? And it's funny because in all of these situations, it's like... There's no forewarning that they're coming. It's like all of the people who are at work at St. Vincent's are just at work. Imagine like your shift at like whatever job you have. And then all of a sudden, like 
200 hot gay guys show up and start making out and refuse to leave until you like have a meeting with them. Do you think it's like Jurassic Park only it's just like club music just faintly you just hear mm, mm, mm. Right, sure. and, and you're you like see, what like, is that? You cut to like a Cosmo on a table and it's just like it's shaking just like slightest bit. And you just bit. hear mm, 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 mm. and you're like what is that? And then it's like everybody <laughs> Finally, like, this one straight administrator who's just had it is just like, okay, I'll meet with three of you if the rest of you will get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm willing to meet with three people if the rest of you leave. And then the other thing about ACTA was that it had no official leadership. There wasn't, like, a president. I know. So then it's, like, this other lesbian who has to then, like, take a poll and decide if everyone's okay with, like, leaving. It's just, like, it, it gets to be a little bit of a mess. Again, it's, the, it's the women, once again, who are like, <laughs> everyone, I'll just do it. <laughs> because it's not even my thing, At but this I'll point, go. like, all the guys have their shirts off, and they're just, it's just a sex They're party. a little distracted at this point. <laughs> God, it's them. like, poise! Hey! Focus! Let's go. We're here for a reason. It's not just making out. And like you said, because they had no real, I guess, technical, actual leadership, they were all just like, I want to be a part of it. Let's all go. Power in numbers, which is great. Yeah. But then there were people who were like, mm, uh, right. this is like a science medical thing. Right. There are so many things that you need to know. So one of them is my best friend, Iris. Iris was not gay, but she could not see with what was going on around her and what she knew, not reaching out to the affected communities of AIDS. Iris, who was a housewife and also a scientist. <laughs> like retired, retired scientist. Right. Says. And she explains everything from the science of the virus to how healthcare works. She does. But the thing that we have to talk about with Iris is that like you can tell that public speaking is not her forte. So she's at this ACT UP meeting and it's like the ACT UP meetings were just like so charged. It was like everybody was like Argh! oh my god. And this poor woman you see her literally like like hunched over like <sighs> like psyching herself up. I'm trying to help you. <laughs> uh, uh, this is a report from the American Society of Microbiology, uh, a conference I went to the end of May. And then some queen up there is like, if you can't hear in the back, just tell us. If you can't hear in the back and you want to, just shout it out, please. Poor Iris. Iris is like, I have a pot roast to get home to. <laughs> I love how they say that she's a housewife and a scientist, and she like gave up being a housewife to be like the gay ally scientist. Iris, girl, I love I know. you. One day this woman just showed up, this housewife, who had been a scientist and still was, and said, you guys don't know diddly about what this is. And anybody who wants to learn about the system, how it works how grants are made, how the science works, how everything works, how the NIH works, how the FDA works, how you can deal with all this enormous amount of material, I'll teach you. And then this guy, Mark Harrington, made a glossary yeah. of everything they were learning. Right away, Mark digested, as by osmosis, everything. And within a few weeks, he had come up with a glossary of AIDS treatment terms. And we started giving it out in our meetings. Individual after individual had to come to grips with the fact that I will survive the longest, the most I know about what I'm putting into my body. So they all had to become scientists 
to some degree. So there are a couple of people that we sort of follow throughout, and they're probably, I, think, I feel like they're the ones who just happen to have extra home videos. Mm. And one of them is this guy, Bob Rafsky. And his story is that, like, he's got a daughter and an ex-wife that he's really close with. And he has a story where he talks about, like, coming out at 40. I came out at age 40. Uh, it was very bad timing to come out in the middle of an epidemic. Question is, what does a decent society do with people who hurt themselves because they're human, who smoke too much, who eat too much, who drive carelessly, who don't have safe sex? I think the answer is that a decent society does not put people out to pasture and let them die because they've done a human thing. And of course, I'm I'm just crushed at this point because he knows he has AIDS. His ex-wife knows he has AIDS. He's got a daughter. Like, right. what's going to happen here? And they do a really smart thing where, like, they use a lot of footage from the time. Mm, yeah. But if there's any sort of, like, modern or post-that-time perspective, you don't see the person's face. So you don't know if it's archival interviews or if it's current interviews. So you don't know – really, you don't know until the end who of these people that you're going to follow for the next two hours lives and who dies. Right. So they, all of a sudden, there's a breakthrough where there's a brand new drug called AZT. For the first time today, the government approved prescription sales of a drug to Treat AIDS. The drug AZT is not a cure for the disease, but it has prolonged the lives of some AIDS victims. And then you realize, like, as you learn about it, and not, I mean, I did before this documentary, but you learn that not only was AZT super, super expensive, the side effects were horrible. Right. It's the only government approved AIDS drug in America. But even this most promising of drugs is a source of frustration and anger. At $10,000 a year cost per patient, it's prohibitively expensive for most and not widely available. Okay, so let's just, it, this is, if you guys don't realize how bad this is, yeah. let me paint a picture. <laughs> Barbara the doctor, oh. who I love yes, Barbara. so much, she was basically saying this thing where I like threw myself, a garbage bell, everything at the TV <laughs> when she was explaining this because it is so enraging. And this is 1988, so we yeah. still have a long way to go. She was saying that it's like hard even to get the words out. When these people were dying of AIDS in hospitals. One of the worst, worst things was when people died in the hospital. They used to put them in black trash bags. It was, it was really awful. Like actual garbage bell, garbage bag for garbage bell. This is the most like literal figurative garbage bell. Oh my bell god! Yes, I'm laughing because happened. it's. I'm laughing because you can't believe it's real. Um, and speaking of garbage, we have to take just a quick second to talk about Jesse Helms. I hate to use the word "gay" in connection with sodomy. You guys, what you're <laughs> what you're hearing here is an actual garbage bell underscoring of me talking. about Jesse Helms, the absolute garbage human worst. <laughs> I can't help it. He is a Republican of North Carolina. He was so anti-gay, he would say things like this. There's nothing gay about these people. Engaging in incredibly offensive and revolting conduct that has led to the proliferation of AIDS. <laughs> There's an actual documentary called Dear Jesse that you guys should watch. It's made by a gay man from North Carolina who, like, talks about being from the state where Jesse Helms is from. So one of the major things that's happening is that, like, the gays don't have access to these drugs, to drugs that are, like, that are made overseas where they're hearing there's promise. So what happens is they they start this, like, buyer's club. Mm -hmm. Where are we? We're at the People with AIDS Health Group, the largest underground buyer's club in the United States. And what do you do here? We help people import drugs from other countries 
um, that are unapproved here. Peptide T, albendazole, oral amphotericin B, um, none of which work, by the way. <laughs> Put that in. <laughs> But what really happens is that they they come to understand that they've got to get the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, who's responsible for all of the research that goes into AIDS drugs, to work properly for them. People with AIDS, what they were mostly thinking about was, oh, drugs, how do I get it? Will we ever get a black market for this drug? I hear this is good. It was Iris who helped us see, we don't want a black market. We want to make the real market work. And the FDA is like, well, you guys have AZT. I don't know what else you want. And they're like, yeah, but it's $10,000 and only like four of us can take it (laughs) without any horrible side effects. So really, AZT is useless. Right. You dummies. (laughs) So now ACT UP is really using their strength in numbers and the one like the one of the first big protests they do is in front of the FDA headquarters. The point of this protest is to let the FDA know that they need a much quicker turnaround with these drugs and that they want them trying other drugs other than a- AZT. Right. And to do that, not only are they chanting the chance. Oh my god, the chance. You think we started with hey hey ho ho homophobia's got to go mm-hmm. and we just evolved from there, people. AZT is not enough. Give us all the other stuff. <laughs> just all of it. Just anything. <laughs> And you know what? It's all there because they are selling literally, you guys, it is so badass. They give zero fucks. They're like, what are you going to do? Kill us? We're dying anyway. Like, honestly, they are so just like, who cares? Mm -hmm. We got to get this shit moving. Let's go. They are selling the drugs on the black market in front, like on the stairs of the FDA. Taped to like poster boards. I know with arrows where it's like, this is from China. And like all these names that everyone's like, it's crazy. I mean, that is some desperation right there. Absolutely. It's insane. Yeah. Okay, so one of the activists who's been with us all along is this guy named Peter Staley, who is really cute. Yeah. Very cute. Yeah. Um, and he's very smart, and he's he's saying from the beginning that he knows he's going to die of this disease. There's not going to be a cure in time for him. We've been seeing him throughout, but this is his moment, you guys. He is on a show. Apparently, there was a show called Crossfire on CNN. Did you know that show? SNL used to do sketches of it. Tonight, from Washington, Crossfire, against all odds. On the left, Tom Brayton. On the right, Pat Buchanan. In the Crossfire, Peter Staley of the New York AIDS Coalition to Unleash Power. So, it's Pat Buchanan, you guys. Pat Buchanan, just just another, like... Just the worst conservative. He's like a pundit on like CNBC now. Whatever. He's the worst. It's just so argumentative and aggressive, this yeah. whole thing. And Peter's girl, she is not here for Peter it. Staley came to play. Oh my God. So so the host of Crossfire is saying to him, like, you're you're getting AZT. Why isn't that enough? And then for the eight hundredth time we hear that he can't take it. The problem is is that the FDA is using the same process to test a nasal spray as it is to test AIDS drugs. And it's a seven to 10 year process. You have the FDA giving you a drug. So far, you've got AZT. Why Which would... I can't take because it's too far too toxic. But and they're... over the half the people that have HIV okay, can't Okay, but the FDA... But he admits the, the underground drug that he is, is taking. Right. No, he's like, I give no fucks. This is what I'm taking. I'm right. taking dextrogen sulfate and blah, 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 blah. And he's saying that, like, if there are these drugs out there, I should be allowed... The FDA should not be able to tell me that I can't take it. And then to 
everybody's surprise, Pat Buchanan agrees with him. Mr. Staley, this is going to astonish you, but I agree with you 100%. I think if someone's got AIDS and someone wants to take a drug, it's their life. And if they give some hope, they ought to be able to take it. Pat Buchanan's whole point is, you're going to die, I don't care about you. Look into the camera and say to the younger gay people, the younger people with homosexual tendencies. Right. You've got the pink triangle on your on your shirt. Silence or just. I gather that means you're homosexual. Yes. Looking in the camera, what would you tell some kid, say you had a younger brother, 21 years old, who also uh, might have homosexual tendencies? What would you tell him if you wanted him to live a long life? And you know he wants him to say something like celibacy or don't come out or whatever. And he, Peter, totally flips it. And he literally goes, Use a condom. And also to use a lubricant, by the way, that has uh, 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 the medicine that that can... can, It is not Russian roulette. It is Russian roulette to not give people this information when human nature dictates that they're going to go out there and they're going to have sex anyway. celibacy is impossible? It's just not going to work. People aren't going to do it, and lots lots of people are going to die. Now, would you rather have uh, a lot of people cheating on their celibacy with thousands of people dying or would you rather save those lives and let them have sex use condoms yeah and lubricant he gets to give a sermon on safe sex on cnn in front of Patrick i know it hero bell hero bell it just hero shifted bell. it just shifted it just flipped over <laughs> major protest going on here in Bethesda over the drug DHPG. Okay, also inside at the hearing itself, and I understand there's going to be an action in just a little while when Ellen Cooper speaks. At a meeting at the FDA, this woman Ellen Cooper is getting up to speak about this drug DHPG. Mm-hmm. And they're basically saying, like, we're not going to approve this drug. We feel that we would indeed be on, on treacherous grounds in defending that decision and in fact, would be wide open to the charge of arbitrary decision making. And then the ACT UP members like go crazy in the room. Well, what's amazing about this is they're really using everything at their disposal and they're kind of getting super creative with their protests. So they're yeah. like holding up watches right. and they're saying things like, I'm just getting chills. Four more people are going to die before this meeting is over. Since this meeting started and four more are going to die before it's over. Who represents the patient on this panel? There is a person of color on this panel. And yeah. they're just like laying it all out there for these people. The watches, the images of them holding up those watches. And within minutes, they flip their vote. Yeah, they like, and they're like, well, you okay, know what? Okay, fine. Th- this actually is a good drug. FDA relooks at the DHPG data and suddenly, oh, agrees with ACT UP. Ready for a vote? All in favor, raise your hand. And what they learn, what the ACT UP people learn in that moment is actually terrifying, which is that there is no guiding principle here. There's no plan for how they're going to handle approving new drugs and treating people with AIDS. But it sort of felt like reaching uh, the the Wizard of Oz, like you got to the center of of the whole system and there's just this schmuck behind a curtain. There was no guiding agenda, there was no leadership, there was no global strategy for how to deal with AIDS in the U.S., And so the people at ACT UP on the bus on the way home from this meeting write the plan. Nobody was dealing with the entire map of AIDS, the entire constellation of opportunistic infections, the gaps in research, the underrepresented populations, the fact that the diseases and the drugs might be different in those populations. How would we ever find out? They weren't even being studied. And so on the bus back from Bethesda, 
we decided to write a treatment agenda. And then they just start giving it to everybody. <laughs> they just like, then it's like cut to the International AIDS Conference in Montreal. And they're like, here it is, everybody. This is the plan we're presenting. We need our government to read this plan. We need them to work with us. If they want to change it a little, we'll talk to them. But I want them to adopt it. I want them to get started on it. I want them to save our lives. Thank you. So we meet this woman, Susan Ellenberg, PhD, who works for the NIH, who like on the sly took one of these little booklets and realized what a good idea it was. I brought this copy back and I distributed it to a small group of statisticians that was meeting regularly to talk about trial design issues. This has clearly been written by people who were very uh, knowledgeable, very, uh, very intelligent. The people sitting around that table got as excited as I did. It's so insane yeah. to think to really think about what was done what had to be done that yeah. it's like they got in the the right room with the right people right convinced them to change their minds yeah wrote the this pamphlet on the bus right. and then started handing it to people <laughs> and like that's how things get moving it's the most inspiring and insane thing in the world right so what comes out of this is that they go to Bristol Myers, the drug company. They get Bristol Myers, who's working on this new drug called DDI, mm-hmm. to sort of like release it in a limited quantity for free without like without doing a full trial first. And this, as Larry, as my queen Larry Kramer will tell you, was maybe the one of the most significant moments in all of gay history. It is historic. It is because the AIDS activist community has obtained this drug. It is not the government. No one has given it to us. We have fought for it. And for the first time, we have won. Yeah, and it was a huge win for them. And it was like helping restore eyesight because people were going blind and then suddenly their eyesight was back. Like, imagine being there in the middle of this world and then like seeing things literally before your eyes changing. (laughs) I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, it's true. It's true. This is when we go into the church and George Bush and everything. This is juicy. (laughs) Is this the, oh, this is the protest at St. Patrick. With Jesus Christ himself. (laughs) All right, take us through it. All right. So it's 1989, 1.2 million deaths. I love and hate how they keep reminding us how awful it is. But anyway, so the Catholic bishops are saying that condoms are morally corrupt. (laughs) Give me a break. The new church position condemns not only the immorality of condoms, but their effectiveness as well. The draft under consideration in Baltimore this week says it is, quote, a virtual certainty that reliance on condoms will result in transmission of AIDS. You guys, children listening at home, I promise you that using condoms will not help spread AIDS. It's literally the opposite. It could not be any more different. Like, what are you talking about? You old, decrepit waste of a human. So basically what happens is ACT UP is planning this protest for this like one day at St. Patrick's Church on Fifth Avenue Mm -hmm. where they're going to go. First of all, there's this like beautiful gay man dressed up as Jesus Christ reporting live from the scene. Just being so bitchy and delightful and perfect. Right. This is Jesus Christ. I'm in front of St. Patrick's Cathedral on Sunday. We're here reporting on a major AIDS activist and abortion rights activist demonstration, which will be taking place here all morning. Inside, Cardinal O'Connor is busy spreading his lies and rumors about the position of lesbians and gays. We're here to say we want to go to heaven, too. 
at first he introduces himself as Jesus Christ reporting mm-hmm. live and then when it cuts back to him later he goes JC reporting yeah it's amazing <laughs> JC here with the Fire and Brimstone Network and we'd like but to- then they actually go into the church during the service and they're like why are you killing us lying down on the floor this is insane. and they have the priests coming down the aisle throwing literature like basically throwing bibles on top of them I know and I'm like in my head I'm like at least it's not holy water no. like at least the drama of it all totally. like and then at one point it cuts to the priest on the like on the stage is that what it's called yeah. on the altar like in the middle of this chaos I texted you this picture the priest is just like sitting there with his head in his hands like can you fucking believe this like, shit like look at these gays <laughs> like what are they doing what are like he's doing? just exhausted. He just wants to get through his sermon and go back and watch Housewives. Yeah, right. Totally. And they're being the thing about this, like their protests were just so good. They were just so moving and the imagery that they created. So they were being taken out on stretchers because they were laying down on the aisle in the aisle of the church and wouldn't get up. Right. Which is like such a moving image where they're like, yeah, this is what you're doing to us. Get totally. it. Getting pulled down on stretchers. Get it, everybody. <laughs> How many more have to die? How many more have to die? Do you think these drama queens were good at pulling off mass protests? <laughs> I mean, yeah, the best. I just want to briefly mention that they, like ACT UP then goes to the International AIDS Conference in San Francisco. And I just want to talk about it because Peter, our hero, who's the one who's like keeps saying CNN. he's going to die. Yeah, yeah. He gives this like incredibly moving speech. Um, about like he's he's asked to address these physicians and he's talking about how like they're both on different sides and how they need to work together mm-hmm. from your side we're being constantly told to butt out on my side the level of anger and frustration is reaching such a point that attitudes claiming that all of you are uncaring and in it for greed are now widespread while at times we may offend you Remember as well that, like you, ACT UP has succeeded in prolonging the lives of thousands of people living with HIV disease. And now they're just... They're just having a little fun with it, but they're protesting. (laughs) Um, George Bush is president at the time, and he's golfing... I can't believe he didn't get a ding. Every single day. Yeah. And it's like, help my hand. God... No one's doing anything to help these people, obviously. Right. And so they're storming the golf course where he's playing golf yeah. and like screaming at him. And it just makes me laugh so much because old dudes who love golf, everything is like, Shh, everyone be quiet. And they're just like, stop killing us. And it is, it's just so good because they're just shaming him so publicly. Yeah, it's true. But it also just, it makes me so giddy because you know he's like, everyone be quiet on the golf course. <laughs> Everyone has to be quiet. And then they put a 35-foot canvas condom on Jesse Helms' house. You and guys. it's the greatest thing ever. He's such a nightmare. It's So we're back to that horrible Senator Jesse Helms, who is like anti-condom, like all those ridiculous Christians. I wish they'd shut their mouths, go to work, and keep their private matters to themselves and get their mentality out of their crotches. A bunch of them climbed up on my house in Arlington and hoisted uh, about a 35-foot canvas uh, condom one day in protest of me. And this one guy is like, we're not going to cause any damage. If we do, I have the money right here. I'll pay for it. The point is, we're putting a goddamn condom on this guy's house. This is an educational effort. This is not a violation of people's property rights. We've been very careful that absolutely no damage is done. And if any damage is done, whatever it is, we will be happy to pay for it. 
Can we have the money with us to pay for it. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> so now they're, they're basically, now they're talking about how, like, despite all of the advances they've made, like, the death toll just keeps climbing. They're not really making any progress. There's this whole, there's a study that comes out. It's a five-year study of the effects of AZT, and it turns out, it's not helping anybody at all. The debate over AIDS therapy has reignited with a new European study that challenges the effectiveness of AZT, the widely prescribed drug used to treat the HIV virus. This study just proves what every other study uh, proves is that the drug is at best modest, mostly useless, not good for you in the beginning. Two other drugs, DDI and DDC, were approved because they were as good as AZT which means that they might not be very useful either. Like, surprise. That's right. what they've been saying this entire time. It worked for four people. Right. And so now, like, now ACT UP is having this, like, identity crisis because they were the ones pushing for these, like, super quick trials and turnarounds, and now they're not sure what should happen. And then there is this epic, oh, my God, <laughs> this, like, epic ACT UP meeting where, okay, can we just, can we walk through this, please? Larry Kramer is there, and he, again, Larry Kramer originally founded ACT UP 10 years before this. So I think he's there maybe to speak to this issue, but like there's some dissent in the room. One of the guys is trying to lead this meeting and he like tries to give Larry Kramer the floor. Our, our last speaker is, is Larry Kramer. And then from like off camera, you hear this queen just scream. Why don't you answer the charges? So there's a back and forth between this guy, Bill, and the moderator. The moderator is just, for the love of God, trying to get Bill to take it down a notch so Larry Kramer can talk. Bill, everybody got the flyer. There's going to be a question and answer period. You can't just lick his ass before he talks. Shut the fuck up and let him answer. Also, Larry Kramer is a loose cannon. Do you ever, were you ever like a five-year-old terrified that your teacher was going to scream? Yeah, yeah. That's how everybody lived around Larry Kramer. Well, he's always right at a boil. Yeah. And you see him <laughs> like and, grasping the table and just seething as this chaos is happening around him. And the thing about it is that whoever was recording this home video had yes, the foresight yes. to not take the camera off of Larry Kramer's face. I was face. just going to say that. It was genius. <laughs> it was so genius. And at one point you hear Bill, will you just calm down? And it's like, <laughs> Bill is fed up and she is not she, taking it for another like, goddamn second. cannot handle it. And you know what? I don't blame a single one of them. I would be screaming at the top of my lungs. I would be at 100. I would hate everybody and everything. I'd be so frustrated at my wit's end. I what just does can't. Bill say? What's the quote? Oh, you just have to play. Just, I, let, let, just let her say it. Bill, you're going to have a chance to talk, all right? Everybody's going to have a chance to Don't lecture me, you stupid, lazy, incompetent shithead. It's so good. <laughs> it, and it just shows, like... But what he calls... He calls him a shithead. Like an incompetent <laughs> shithead. He's like, you're not going to tell me what to do. After Bill was just like, everybody calm down. It's just a mess. And then it oh all comes God. crashing down. Miss Larry, Larry Kramer... Kramer Really, and everyone's like, "Oh my, oh sh, oh god!" It's like it's like you're having a raging party, and mom comes home, and you're like, oh, sh, "Everybody cut the shit! Everybody cut the shit!" <laughs> because he turns this car right around. Plague! We are in the middle of a fucking plague, and you behave like this. Plague! 40 million infected people is a fucking plague. I want you to know that I have been reading and studying Larry Kramer for two decades and no one has ever summed it up better than you just did. He just (laughs) turns his car around and really like 
brings it all to a screeching halt and then we're like oh shit like this is like fuck your drama and factions and who's yeah. hates who and who's sleeping with who and who like doesn't matter i know i know because larry kramer says this yeah we are in the worst shape we have ever 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 been in all those pills we're shoveling down our throats forget it act up has been taken over by a lunatic fringe they can't get together. Nobody agrees with anything. All we can do is field a couple of hundred people at a demonstration. That's not going to make anybody pay attention. Not until we get millions out there. We can't do that. All we do is pick at each other and yell at each other. And I say to you in year 10, the same thing I said to you in 1981 when there were 41 cases. Until we get our acts together, all of us, we are as good as dead. So what happens is like the like inevitable split of this like really meaningful, really important, really successful group. And it's just, I think it's so natural. This has been going on for years. Everyone is tired and frustrated and sad. So in 1995, there is a ray of sunshine. Yep, there Everything sure is. is about to change, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, they, throughout this whole time, there are all these drugs that are coming out and there are these inhibitors that they were fighting for. Yeah, so the, 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 the really good, at least painted in this documentary, pharmaceutical company is this company called Merck. Mm-hmm. And they have been developing over the course of this documentary this Proteus inhibitor, which... We're not going to get into exactly what it does. I could tell you because I've done a lot of research on it, but it just takes forever. It basically, it stops the virus from replicating. So Mm -hmm. it sort of halts it. And they landed on this triple drug combination. Exactly. So I was at a meeting in Washington and uh, uh, I stood up there and I showed for the first time the data in this study. The data goes up on the screen and everyone gasps and cameras start to click. And just, it's a realization that this is... This is really great drug, and it it could work. I remember sitting there in a hotel room in Washington D.C., our hotel banquet room, and just crying. It was like we did it. We did something. And that is what actually started working. So everybody who was alive in the '90s knows it as the cocktail. It's mm-hmm. the thing that made all of the difference. And I mean, I mean, night and day, bringing people back from the dead. Difference. Yeah. You would see their. Kaposi sarcoma lesions that had been bright and red and um, big, melting back into their skin. They were calling it the Lazarus effect. People who were deathly ill get put on this drug and all of a sudden they're working again. That was a phenomenal feeling. And then we see the people, the activists, it reminded me of of, the, of Tower when mm-hmm. like it goes from the cartoon versions to yeah. the modern day versions, yeah. and we're seeing these men and women from from back then who were all convinced they were going to die one at a time. We're seeing the modern day them, mm-hmm. and you're like waiting because you know that Bob died. But you don't know if Peter died and you're like waiting and waiting and waiting. And then finally it cuts to his face and he didn't die. He yeah. lived. Yeah. Um, you know, just losing. And uh, just so many, so many good people. And, uh, you know, like any war, you wonder why you came home. 
Yeah. He made it. It was like he they were all of these people who were able to hold on until 1990 fucking five yeah. were able to get this drug and live. Yeah. And they talk about, you know, like what now what? I know lots of us went through really difficult times after um, trying to figure out, well, what do I do now? You know, not just because I didn't think I had a future and now I do, so I have to make some plans, but how do I do something else that is as, I mean, it's a weird word, but as fulfilling as that work has been. So how do you go from literally surviving a plague uh-huh. to, like, working at Barnes & Noble? Like, what do you do? You have to have a job for the rest of your life. Right. Because now com- you're going to live. And then combine that with survivor's guilt. Right. Exactly. So it's just a lot to deal with. But yeah. Hero Bell. Hero Bell. All across the board. And, you know, the movie ends with, like, it, it sort of, like, cuts back to Peter at that conference in San Francisco. And it's the end of his speech where he quotes the great Vito Russo. Again, you guys, there's a documentary about Vito Russo called Vito. Go watch it. It's brilliant. Where he has this incredible quote. Remember that someday the AIDS crisis will be over. And when that day has come and gone, there will be a people alive on this earth gay people and straight people, black people and white people, men and women, who will hear the story that once there was a terrible disease and that a brave group of people stood up and fought and in some cases died so that others might live and be free. Girl, we did it. We did it. You guys write those pamphlets on those buses. Keep talking. <laughs> Speak up. Let's do this. Yeah, it's this was this was a really this was tough for a lot of reasons. This was really technical and it was also really just emotionally hard to watch. Yeah. But we did it. But we did it, girl. Yay. I'm so proud of us. Me too. You guys, just a reminder about a couple things. Check out all of our bonus Patreon content. All of our mini episodes, which we're making one a week, plus our full bonus episodes. We are about to record right after this. <gasps> Truth or dare. Uh, our bonus episode for Mar- our full bonus episode for March. Can't wait. Um, so go to patreon.com slash true crime obsessed or go to our website and just click on the Patreon link. If you have a friend or a family member who you think will love our show, tweet them, tweet us, use the hashtag get obsessed and we will stock them in a fun and friendly way Yay. girl where can they find us at true crime obsessed on twitter use the hashtag get obsessed tweet at us we love you <laughs> and true crime obsessed.com you can get episodes in our calendar and yeah. thanks to all super fun things um where can they find you at Jillian with a G. Uh, you guys can find me at Patrick Hines underscore on the Instagram, at Patrick Hines on the Twitter. Um, coming up next, you guys, we're switching it up a little bit, as we said we might. We didn't feel like the next one that we had lined up was true crimey enough, since you indulged us in all of our homenitude in this one. It's, it was sour grapes. It was sour grapes, <laughs> which we will definitely do. Yeah, yeah. But next week, we're going to do Welcome to Leith and just shame a bunch of white supremacists. So stay tuned for the preview for that, and then our hilarious outtakes, and our palate cleanser this week is from Rent. Obviously. Of course. I mean, God. Come on, you guys, if you didn't, th- I was so close to this garbage <laughs> bell. If you weren't going to do rent, come on now. All right, bye. Bye. When he first got here, he turned around and asked me, Did we have any land for sale? I had no idea what his ultimate plan was. Well known white supremacist Craig Cobb plans to turn Leith into a white nationalist community. Here we can gather together and become a simple majority by legal electoral rights. We live here, we breathe here, our kids grow up here. All right, hold on, please.
that's white Americans hating on us, who are also white Americans. This is what we sleep with every night. They simply will not allow us to keep one another's company freely and openly. You shall be, I will hit you. He posts my name, my address. We gotta go. people, I think they're all snakes. You gotta cut their head off to get rid of them. If we weren't getting harassed so much, we wouldn't have to do this. You're running us out of this damn town! Please right. give me a break, garbage. So... <laughs> How is there not a gay bar called the Homo Tank? You know what? There has to be now. Oh Somebody my God. listening, please, the Homo Tank. <laughs> I mean, or Queer Tank. Whatever is like, whatever yeah. we're allowed to say now, just call, add to put Tank at the end We're of not going to ask you twice. And we will go. Yeah. And we will just like, oh, can we cut the ribbon? <laughs> He's the literal garbage worst. He is so homophobic and anti-gay. Stop it. Because you're going to listen to it in the edit and be like, well, should stop with that. No, I love now. it. I think it's so funny. Keep going things and guess who's there ed fucking Koch. girl <laughs> repent girl ma'am you cannot pray the gay away <laughs> ma'am, ma'am uh, you cannot you have to imagine a lot of a lot of queens who are like this is gonna be so fun like we're gonna be <laughs> we're gonna be activists and then they're like oh there's like documents <laughs> oh mm, i'm a little busy yeah yeah Burroughs Welcome is the company that makes the makes AZT and they go to protest like the cost of it and they say that they have enough food and water to stay hold up there for a long time and my first thought was like yeah well how much food do gay men actually eat? <laughs> and I love how this stupid cardinal is like this will never change. Guess what? It changed like immediately after he was shipped off to the Vatican for protecting child molesters so whatever. <laughs> Girl! Uh. No other road.